Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, hi, everybody. It's good to be with you. I love this day. I love everything about Easter. It is such a just such a great day together. And I want to do something to begin this morning that people have done for centuries, for 2,000 years on Easter morning. Uh, someone would come up and say, you know, this goes all the way back to the beginning days of the church. Someone would come up and say, Christ is risen. And then they would respond, he is risen indeed, right? Like this is called the Pascal greeting. This is something that goes way, way back. And millions of people around the world are going to say this today. And so I thought we would do it together. I'm going to say, Christ is risen. And you're going to say, he is risen indeed. Are you guys ready for this? Here we go. Let's say it with all we got. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Mm, yes, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, well, today we celebrate a resurrection that took place. Resurrection is one of those things that raises all sorts of provocative questions. There's a story that happened that he's not here anymore. He's actually risen. He's not dead. He's alive. And for every one of us, we have to consider this story because I think it's a big enough story. It's one that has impacted the world so dramatically that it causes every one of us to ask ourselves, did that really happen? Did, did, did God really do that? Is, is there something going on inside this story that's for me? And so regardless of what you think about resurrection, I think that those questions are real. I want to give you a little bit of brief history this morning about about this story 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth, the world was ruled by Roman, the Roman Empire. And of course, the Romans were ruled by a line of Caesars that would seize control, of course, of, of this entire vast empire. And, and it was believed that, catch this, that these Caesars were the sons of the gods. And so imagine living there in this time and eventually some Roman soldier or Roman battalion would show up in your city or in your town and you, they would ask you, they wouldn't actually show up when they would come to take over territory. They wouldn't come with swords and clubs in the beginning. Oftentimes they came with a choice. And so they'd sit down with you and they'd say, hey, listen, this Caesar of ours, he is the son of God and he has come to bring universal peace and prosperity, which sounds a lot like another narrative we know. And you have a choice to make. You can either submit to Caesar as Lord or you will die. And so these people, if, let's imagine they say this to you and you look at this Roman and you say, oh, I keep dreaming, man. Why don't you just you know, take a hike, whatever you want to say, right? And, and, and this is what would happen. They'd say, okay, fine, we're going to make an example of you. And they had perfected this means and this, this, this method of, of torture by death. They would, it was called the execution stake, of course, or the crucifixion as we know it. And so they would do this if you didn't submit and confess Caesar as Lord. And then, all of a sudden, this small movement grows in the corner of this empire, right? And this movement claimed that their rabbi had been crucified by this empire and that he had been raised back to life. And this movement had some language to it. Imagine this language during this climate, during this day of Caesar's. They would say, oh, Jesus is actually the Son of God. And Jesus, I confess Jesus as Lord. This was the original 
protest message. You know what I mean? This was the original fight the power. This is the original rage against the machine. This is what that was. This was like, no, 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 Caesar is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And so resurrection today for us is the fact that millions of people actually call Jesus Lord. And when we think of Caesar, we think of salad or we think of a little guy selling cheap pizzas. Are you with me now? That's what we think of. But when we think of Jesus, we think of Lord. And that's what this is about today. And so with resurrection, I think it says that all oppressive powers and all brutal regimes are temporary. All man-made governments, all man-made things, they're all limited and they are they are something that will eventually go away. They are temporal. Resurrection says there's actually more than that. Resurrection says there's more to this world. Resurrection says there's actually a creator to this world who cares about us, who loves us. There's more to this world than the survival of this fittest. There's more to this world than stress and busyness and hardship and the rat race. And there's more to this world than all that. There's a type of life available to us that's bigger than all that. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about a little bit. I want to talk about the fact that, that Jesus is actually more. Jesus is more than all that stuff. He's more for you, and he wants to give you more. So today is about Jesus, but it's also about you. Because like I said, you have to consider this story. And maybe you've already considered it. Maybe you've already drawn your own conclusions. But I think we consider it throughout our life because God is a topic in and of itself that we continually reconsider. The truth is, for every one of us, we have this reality about our life, that you only have one life to live and no one's responsible for it but you. It's a pretty sobering thought, that you only have one life to live and no one's responsible for it but you. And so today, as we encounter, if you will, this question about life, I want, I, there's, I want you to just consider, is there more to life? And a lot of you said, well, I've already figured that out. But is there more to life even than what you understood, even if you already know God? Can God really give us more? Is Jesus and this whole story of resurrection, is it, does it really have something deeper for me to, to pull from today? I'm sure you've had the experience of being in heavy traffic on the highway, right? You've been in the heavy traffic on the highway, you're in the lane, and in the lane you're in, it's like becoming, it's like almost to a stop, but the lanes next to you, what are they doing? They're kind of moving quite a bit quickly than yours, and so you're like, you have a choice to make, right? Do I change lanes or do I stick with the lane that I'm in? And so you're probably like me, you feel a little bit risky, you're like, I'm gonna change lanes. And so you change lanes and you get in the other lane and you're in the lane no longer than 10 seconds and what happens? Yeah, it comes to a stop. And what does the lane that you just left start doing? It starts moving and you're like, what is going on here? So then you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing this game. And you switch lanes again and you switch back into the other lane and what happens? it comes to a stop and the other lane starts moving and you feel responsible for this. And you feel like you have to apologize to everybody in the lane because clearly it's your presence in the lane that is making the traffic come to a stop. Are you with me? And this is how life can feel. It can feel like the lane you're in is moving so much slower than everyone else's. It can feel like wherever you move, whatever you do, life just sort of slows down, can come to a stop. Life just seems harder for you. We live in a world that heralds the prospect of an adventurous existence of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But I want to say that probably for some of us, maybe many of us in this room, it feels like every time we make a choice, every time we make a decision, 
We run straight into something that's the other, the next mountain to climb and that's the next pit to climb out of. And it actually feels a lot harder than it looks for everybody else. And life becomes more of a crawl than an adventure. Yet in spite of all that, there's this life. There's this life that's beckoning us. It's calling to us, saying there's more to life. There's more to life. If you just, you just go pursue it. And there's something inside of us that I feel like is real. Like there's been this, there's been this, this natural thing embedded into us where all of us desire something more. We are hungry for something more. And so we pursue it in life and we go after it. And what happens throughout life is a lot of people, they find themselves pursuing it in the wrong ways. But in spite of all those things, that thing that's beckoning us, the thing that we think, oh, why is it more difficult than me? Because some of us have had career paths that have just, they just haven't went the way we thought they would go. We've had We've lost, we, we feel lost in what we want to do. We find ourselves struggling with the passion that we want to do in life. Some of us even, I think in the room, would say, you know, it's, marriage has been difficult. We haven't been able to find who we want to find, spend life with who we want to spend with, life with. While others, they just seem to be passing me by. Our money has been a struggle. Our joy has been hard to find. Our purpose has been fleeting. Or maybe life has been going really good, and then all of a sudden, so everything comes to a screeching halt because you get... You face some moment of tragedy or face some moment of hurt. Maybe a bad diagnosis or a broken relationship. And this is life, isn't it? And all this is happening, yet there's this desire for more. And so many people, they've struggled with figuring out how to deal with this desire for more, yet the reality of the life around them. Because like I said, we're created with this desire for more. It's, it's, it's embedded into us. We all have it. But some of us just put it into the wrong things. And we start, we start trying to pursue it in the wrong places. And so some people, and you know this, these are the, the list of usual suspects. This is what we do in life, don't we? we? We want more of, maybe it's more money that will bring more life or more, more time or more fun or more square footage. <laughs> we go through all sorts of things, more freedom. Some people, they, they turn to things like more alcohol or more drugs or more friends or more food or more comfort or more hobbies or to fill our time. And, and so we look for these things and we look for more items in our closets and more power and more success. We, we, we pursue them. And some of these things are good, by the way, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with comfort. And there's obviously nothing wrong with food, especially when you put them together. <laughs> Give me some of that. But sometimes our desire for more is misguided. And God planted this desire for more in us. And he planted, it, he planted it in us for a reason. It's why when you read the Bible, you see all these people coming to Jesus asking for stuff. Because <laughs> we all have it. The rich young ruler comes, and what does he say? Oh, give me, give me, what do I need to do to inter- eternal life? The woman at the well says, oh, give me that water. I want to drink it so I'll never have thirst again. The bleeding woman reaches out to Jesus. If I can just touch him, I'll be healed. Peter says, don't just wash my feet, wash all of me. I want it all, Jesus. And on and on, over and over, we see story after story. It's why lepers cried out, Lord, have mercy mercy on us. It's why Bartimaeus, the blind Bartimaeus, said, Lord, I want to see. It's because we believe that Jesus actually could give us more. And this is what the scriptures teach us. But a lot of us, we're still sitting in the slow lane. 
wondering how do I get out of this? Let me ask you, you ever texted someone and they don't text you back? No? Just a few of you? This is my life, apparently. <laughs> Hashtag pastor problems kind of deal. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I actually do feel like people treat me like a group text. You know what I mean? Because there's like, I think 73% of people don't believe you have to respond to a group text. But uh, anyway, that's just my life. This is my... By the way, the 27% of you that do, thank you. You make me feel good. Um, you ever text someone, though, and they don't text you back? You know what I'm talking about? And then three months later, they text you with a question. Oh, hey, bro, like, I'm moving Saturday. I was looking for some help. And you're like, what? Do you not see the text right above the one you sent me that I sent to you and you totally did not respond to me? Anyway. So anyone with me on this? Yes. <laughs> So this is exactly, by the way, how we are with the Lord, right? This is how we are with God. We are good. We are good with sending him all sorts of messages, all sorts of things. We're like, God, we need you now. Some of us, we haven't talked to him forever. And we said, God, right now, I need you to show up in this moment. You don't understand. My life is falling apart. I need you in this moment. Will you give me this answer? Will you give me this need? And we're like, God, I need you to respond right now. And do you ever wonder if God is like, hold up. What about what I said to you three months ago? You remember when I told you that thing that you totally ignored? You remember when I told you to get connected in community or get connected in a church, but you continued to stay in isolation? You remember when I convicted your heart, but you just walked the other way? You remember, you remember that time? I think so many times we are so, we are saying, God, I want more but we want it on our terms. We're totally great with hearing, hearing from God when he tells us the things we want to hear, but when the unsolicited message of life comes to us from the Lord, we aren't ready and they aren't what we think or what we want to hear, we usually, we just hit ignore, right? And perhaps what I'm saying to you this morning, what I want to say to all of us is maybe God is speaking to you and it's time to listen. Maybe God has been speaking to you for a while, and it's time to listen. Maybe he's saying, it's time to change lanes. Maybe it's time to say, it's time to exit and go the other direction, because your life is totally headed in the wrong direction. Maybe, maybe you need to listen. You know, this happens to all of us, by the way, it happens to people who are far from God. It happens to people who go to church every week. That we just keep trying to dictate the conversation. Perhaps he has so much more for you in your life, but if you would stop trying to dictate the relationship and the conversation, and instead you began to listen what God was actually saying to you, you might actually find the more that you're looking for. So this is why the resurrection story is so important to all of us. Because resurrection changes everything about everything. 
Resurrection changes the reality that he's not maybe the Messiah, that he is the Messiah, that he's not maybe the Son of God, but he is the Son of God. By the way, if you're one of the skeptics out there about the whole story of the resurrection, you're like, I don't know about this whole Jesus resurrection story. I would just say that the act of the resurrection, just so you know, is actually one of the most historically proven events in this era of antiquity. It has got more accounts and more eyewitnesses in historical documents than most events of this era that we actually see as common facts. It's an interesting thing that most people just have a hard time swallowing this as truth, but the resurrection actually declares that Jesus is Lord. 14 weeks ago, we started reading the Bible together. That sounds really like a great idea for church to do, right? And so we started reading the Bible. We started reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we've been reading through it. And this last week, I finished up the book of John. And I love the last line of the book of John. It's chapter 21, verse 25. It's this amazing verse. I love it. It just gets me fired up, and I'm going to read it. It says, Jesus did many other things as well. So this is after the resurrection. This is after all the stories. This is after all the accounts that John has written, and he wants to make sure you know, hey, Jesus has did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I love it. John is like, hey, 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 by the way, by the way, Jesus did many other things as well. <laughs> like so many things that it would blow your mind. Like if I told you everything that Jesus did, even while he walked on the planet, we couldn't even, there'd be so many books you wouldn't be able to comprehend or consume them all. So John tries to give a little bit more clarity. It's a few verses early at the end of chapter 20. This is what he says, a similar statement to that one. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. Just so you know, he did a lot of other things that aren't in the Bible. But these are written, so why did he write them? What, these stories, they are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have, say it with me, life in his name. So John is saying, by the way, not all the stories of Jesus are even in here. We've just given you enough stories that you would believe that he's the son of God and that by believing in him, you will actually experience more life because Jesus always does more. Jesus did many other things. And I want to declare that he's still doing many more things today. He's doing more than you can imagine, more than you give him credit for, more than you know. Jesus is always doing more. And as a church, we've been asking for Jesus to do more. We've been asking for more of the Spirit. And there's so many stories pouring out. It's been amazing. And one of the great stories is from our friend Jared and he, he told me this story, and so I thought I'd read it to you this morning about how God is doing things in and around us. When we first, and this is him. When we first started reading the gospel, the gospel reading plan together as a church in January, I continued to see a common theme, Jesus heals. I had read stories many times before, but they hit me in a fresh personal way. Because back in October, I had one of the most difficult months of my life. I consistently, day in and day out, would get lightheaded and dizzy, and one day even having a drop attack where I fell to the floor with no control. The dizziness would even happen while driving. I was scared, depressed, and hopeless. Nothing, seemed, nothing specific seemed to trigger these symptoms, but after we started the gospel reading plan in January, I had another rough, rough episode of dizziness and lightheadedness, 
and I quickly asked for prayer from my wife and friends, which was new for me to ask for prayer because in October, pride, doubt, shame all crept in and I was slow to share the issues I was having. But that Wednesday night in January, we had a night of worship at the church and I came forward to be prayed over. This step in and of itself wasn't a natural thing I would do, but I knew that the Spirit was leading to be covered in prayer. We asked for God to heal me of what I was going on inside of my body. Friends shared words of encouragement in a way that I had never experienced. The next day, I read Matthew 6 and was swept up by verse 30 where Jesus says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, which most of which are never ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? Those words of hope led me on a journey towards seeking and asking for full healing of my body. The common theme throughout the Gospels is undeniable. Jesus heals. Today, it's been over three months since the one day in January that I was dizzy, and I'm happy to say I've had no symptoms since. I had went and had an MRI in my brain, an ultrasound in my heart. Nothing came back showing what was happening. But 12 weeks ago, I quit taking, taking my medication that I had been taking thanks to my wife who encouraged me by saying, are you still needing to take that anymore? Praise Jesus. Over the past couple months, I've heard many stories of healing. The stories have increased my faith. And along with that, I read in scripture of how Jesus was always doing that. He was always healing. It makes me believe he has done the same for me. He has healed and restored me. Amen. Isn't that cool? Jesus always does more. It's amazing. He does many other things as well. And just like John said, we don't tell you stories like that, except that you would believe that he's the son of God and that it would give you life in his name. The last few months, we've seen tremendous breakthrough and a lot of cool stories like Jared's, but I've also seen stories of people who've walked through difficult things and it hasn't been some story of miraculous healing or breakthrough, but it's been a story of God's love and presence being right there with people through the hard parts of life. And in each of those stories, no matter what and how it goes, we're seeing God bring life over and over and over again. I was... Uh, I was reading through some old notes recently, some uh, my old journal stuff, and about seven years ago, I wrote down a statement that was really one of those thoughts for me that was catalytic, if you will, in the starting of OKC Community Church. And the statement was simply this. It said, I said, I just wrote this down, and I read it um, earlier this week, and was just like, oh, man. I just wrote, I'm so tired of mediocre versions of faith. I'm tired of it in my own life, and I'm tired of it in the people around me. And here we are seven years later, and I still feel like I'm dismantling mediocrity and pursuing a life of more with Jesus in which I would make him the God of my heart, the one that I love with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. For some of us, I know, I know we deal with it. I know that... For a lot of us, we want to say, because I'm tired. I, maybe you're like me. I'm tired of making Jesus less when he is worthy of so much more. You know, Philippians 2.10 says this. He says that, at, that every knee should bow in heaven on earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what everyone should do. And I know in a room like this, 
We have so many types of people in here. We have people who love God, who are all in with God. We have people who are angry with God. We have people who are agnostic. We have people who haven't figured out faith. We have people who, someone drug you here this morning and you're like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. You, we have everybody in between, and here's what I know, that this verse says that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what every, no matter where we are, this is what the verse says. And so here's what I would say, no matter where you're at in life, is maybe it's time for you to start listening, yes, but maybe it's time for you to make more of Jesus, because when we make more of God, he makes more of our life. When we make more of God, he makes more of us, because lives are more, they're intended for more than a 40-hour work week or brick and mortar or entertainment or, or, or whatever it is we do to, to, to accumulate more stuff in life. Life is meant for more than human approval or even the pursuit of happiness. Remember, you only have one life to live and no one's responsible for it but you, which means you only have one story to tell. And so many of us, the story of mediocrity is the story of our life. Yet there's more life that's always beckoning to us. Hey, trust me, change lanes, (laughs) take this exit, turn around. In our prayer room for the last 21 days, there's been a list growing on the wall. We have a paper up on the walls in which people write down prayers and thoughts and A few weeks ago, someone wrote the words, Father, break these chains. And underneath it, people began to write words that represented the chains people, the chains that God needed to break in people's life. And these chains represent the things that make us feel stuck in life. These chains represent the things that make life feel unfulfilled and less than full. These chains... They make life feel heavy. They make life feel like we're slow. it's slowing down, we're stuck, right? These chains are the things that keep us grounded in the sea of sameness, in the status quo, the mediocrity of a life that seems to be going nowhere. I just wanna read some of the chains that were written on our wall because I know some of us deal with them. These are all written just right over in the building next to us. Father, break these chains. Comparison, shame, guilt, addiction, poverty, alcoholism. Father, break these chains. Isolation, loneliness, pain, disappointment. God, we want more in life. Break these chains. Unforgiveness, money, greed, doubt, fear of being alone cancer, abuse, jealousy, resentment, hate, anger, emptiness, sickness, unbelief, lust, depression, stress. Father, break these chains. Busyness, diseases, divorce, anxiety, fear of failure, hurt, apathy. Father, break these chains. These are just some of the things that are written on the walls, and I know there's more. You know what I'm thankful for, though, in that? And I think you should know. 
the last 21 days, hundreds of prayers have been prayed over those things. Father, break these chains. Father, we believe. You can do anything, Father. Lord, there's so many of us that just want more in life, but we don't want, is there a, there's a time in which we have to say, I don't want more for me. I just want more of you, God. I want more of you, God, because when I make more of you, you make more of us. Stephen was uh, talking with me the other day and he shared a picture with me, one that I'd sort of seen before maybe years ago, but such a beautiful picture of what God does. And it's, the picture is simply this, it's a glass of dirty water, a glass of dirty water. And that dirty water represents life for so many of us. It's, it's murky, it's unclean, it's unclear, it's unhealthy. And although we know that something is different that is needed in life, life, life should look different than it looks, Life should feel better, it should be clearer, it should be cleaner. We should have an understanding about who we are and what we wanna do, but you've often thought, maybe I need God. But we stop short of really making more of Jesus. But again, you gotta remember, when we make more of Jesus, he makes more of us. And so here's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to start to pour himself into your life. And as he begins to fill your life, and saturate everything about your life. He begins to flush away all the stuff of life, all the crap of life, all the anger and bitterness and hurt and pain and frustration, all the chains that weigh us down. He begins to flood our life because he says, I created you with a desire for more. And if you would hear me, that's your soul crying out for the only thing that will ever sustain. And it's Jesus. Jesus is more because Jesus is more joy. He's more peace. He's more hope. He's more guidance. Jesus is more of all those things. He's more satisfaction. He's more purpose. He's more, he, is, he is more of everything that you'll ever need. Jesus is more He's more vision, he's more courage, he's more meaning, he's more patient, he's more true, he's more trustworthy, he's more everything that you'll ever need in life. He's the only one that can sustain you. Jesus is more strength, he's more clarity, he's more relief, Jesus is more everything because Jesus is the only thing that is more life. That's all he is. When he was resurrected, he said, I am come to give life and give it to the full. Jesus wants to give you more life. He wants to fill you up. He wants to fill you up. He wants to pour into you so you'll overflow with life. Last week, we were able to see nine people baptized. And it was such a good day. And baptism is such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful picture of what's happened in our life. We're, the old is gone and the new has come and we have new life in Jesus. And every person baptized last week had a story of how Jesus had changed everything for them. And there was a point in their life where they had to say, is Jesus Lord or is something else Lord? Just like 2,000 years ago, by the way, who's Lord? When the world comes around you and the powers come, up, come upon you and they say, will you submit to Jesus as Lord? Well, these people, they said, yes, I want more of Jesus. I want more of Jesus, and I hope today you want more of Jesus because when you want more of Jesus, he will make more of you. And there's always more coming your way. It's never ending. That's the thing about Jesus, it just keeps going. Is life perfect? No. Does life still get slowed down? Do you get slogged down? Do you get in the slow lane occasionally? Of course you do. I'm not promising that kind of stuff. What I'm promising 
is only what Jesus promised. That the thief will come to steal, kill, and destroy you. But I, Jesus, have come to give life and give it to the full. That's why I've come. That's why I died. That's why I emptied myself. That's why I died on the cross. And today the question is the same as it was 2,000 years ago. Who is Lord of your life and who do you confess? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God and do you confess him as Lord? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God and do you confess him as Lord? 2,000 years ago, that, that question confronted them and today the same question confronts every one of us. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God and you confess him as Lord? Would you bow your heads with me? There's some of you I know in here that life has been tough, life has been difficult, Maybe you even have barely, you barely have the strength to get through the day. Life is heavy and you struggle even getting up to go to work or with everyday decisions. Today I want you to know there's a God who wants to pour into you. He wants to give you more. But I do want you to hear something. I want you to know that the longer you keep living a lesser life, you're going to start believing that that is all that life is. Because the longer we do anything, the more we get accustomed to it, the longer we start to, the more we start to believe that that's what the reality is for the rest of our lives. But know today that the longer you try, keep trying to chase more of the wrong things, the more you'll believe that's all that life has to offer. The longer you continue to drown in mediocrity, embracing the status quo, the longer you live the life everyone expects you to live instead of the life that God has created you to live. The longer you do that, the more you'll believe that the life that's absent of Jesus is all that life has to offer. But I'm telling you, there's more. Just as John says, <laughs> there's even more. There's even more than what he told you. There's even more than what I'm telling you. The scriptures say that Jesus actually emptied himself. And it was in that emptiness that God filled him and gave him the fullness of life. What I mean by he emptied himself, he emptied himself on the cross. He gave everything of himself. He emptied himself completely in death on the cross. And when he was raised back to life, God filled him with a type of life that could never, ever, ever end again. An unending source of life. And this is the way that we ought to live. This is the way we ought to live in which we empty ourselves and we ask him to fill us up. There's nothing, nothing that will come between us when we do that. Maybe today this is finally making some sense to you. Maybe God's meeting you in this moment. You've been trying to figure God out for a while. You've been trying to figure out your life for a while. And this reality that, oh, yeah, 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 I've had this desire for more in my life. Where's that coming from? And you just realize, oh, that's my soul crying out for the only thing that satisfies. And I've tried to fill it with everything else. But I'm realizing right in this moment, there's nothing that can fill up a Jesus. Nothing that can fill up a God. It's the only thing that truly satisfies. Well, today, will you empty yourself where you say, God, I'm gonna empty myself of all the other things that I try, keep trying to fill my life up with and I'm gonna declare that you are the true son of God and that you are Lord of my life. So today I invite you to make a choice to surrender your life to him. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. 
And if you're ready to change direction in your life, you're ready to change the lane, get off the road, whatever the illustration is, if you're ready to respond to God's conviction in your heart, because here's what I know is that God comes around us and he convicts our hearts. And there's even scriptures that talk about how our hearts will burn. So maybe some of you are even feeling your heart burn right now. And it's, it's just him coming around you saying you need him. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus so he can pour more life into you, it's just a simple sentence today. It's a significant moment, but it's a simple sentence. Jesus, I give you my life. Can that be your prayer today? Jesus, I give you my life. Just say that prayer right now, just a whisper if you wanna give Jesus your life. Jesus, I give you my life, just say that. And as you say that, you're surrendering yourself, you're emptying yourself. Jesus, I give you my life. If you're ready to give him your life so that you can give you his, just say that prayer. We're just saying it right now. Jesus, I give you my life. Anybody around the room that wants to give Jesus their life right now, it's that simple. He did the hard work. He died on the cross for you. He rose from the dead so that you can have life. Jesus, I give you my life. Maybe you've been coming to church for a long time, but right now you feel like it's time to say this and actually mean it. Jesus, I give you my life. If this is your prayer today, if this is your prayer, I just want to pray for you. Because this will be one of the most significant moments of your life. The moment where a new future begins. The moment where God met you and changed you. So if you just whispered that prayer, I want to pray for you. If you just whispered that prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. I just want to pray for you. And if I could, if I could just have you do something so I can pray for you. And everyone's looking around. Would you just lift your hand up if you just prayed that prayer real high. If you just say, Jesus, I give you my life. Just lift your hand up. Just leave it up there real high. If you just prayed that prayer. I see you. Yeah, that's so good. Just keep your hand up. If you just prayed, Jesus, I give you my life. Just lift your hand up all around the room. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I gave you my life. All right, I'm just gonna pray for you. Father, I thank you for the women and the men and the kids who in this moment have just crossed the line of faith. Thank you for this beautiful exchange that you've created in which we give you our life and you give us yours. Lord, I pray that for all that just, everyone who just gave you their life, Father, seal this moment. May this moment be planted in good soil where this decision grows roots of deep faith and deep love, I pray that, Father, we, we trust you to lead and speak and guide and transform. God, we pray for their future. May it be full of life and things that they never saw coming, a life that they couldn't imagine, but it's only because of you. Lord, thank you for the gift of salvation and for these friends today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Can we just thank God for those who just responded to the Lord right now for salvation? Thank you so much. Yes, so if, if you just raised your hand, here's what we're going to ask you to do. On that card that you got and when you came in, there's a, there's a tear-off section on the bottom and on the back. It actually just says, hey, gave my life to Jesus today. We'd love to know it. We'd love to be able to know about this. And so if you would fill that up before you leave and drop it in 
at the info table. There's an info table right out there. Just fill it out. There's pens out there and then drop that in the basket. That'd be great. But listen, we're not done. We're not done because I, I want to say something else. I want to say, I believe there are some of you in the room. I believe there are some of you in the room that have known God for some time now. You know Jesus today. And when I say something like this, that Jesus is more, you're saying, that's all I really want right now. My life needs more of Jesus. Even though I've maybe, some of you have been away from him for a while and it's time for you to come back. Some of you need to actually make some real hard decisions today about the life that you're living because mediocrity is not okay. Status quo is not okay. You know what? Saying you love Jesus but living like you don't is not okay. And so some of you, you have choices to make today and to say, Which, what are you gonna do? What are you going to do with this story of your life? What are you going to do with this lane that you're driving in? Are you going to do something about it? Are you going to change something? Some of you are here and you're like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. However, I have this huge need right now. And God, I need more of God more than ever, more than ever. I need healing in my life. I need forgiveness in my life. I need God to touch my life. I need, I need him to step into this need. And you don't understand how big it is. And so I say we're not done today because we're going to sing and we're going to worship. And we're going to invite anybody in this room that's like, today is the day that I'm going to ask for more. I've been waiting on this. I've been thinking about this. Some of you are walking in here today. I haven't been asking for God for more, but I realize he is speaking and I'm going to answer this time. He is speaking. I'm not going to ignore him this time. I'm actually going to respond to what God's saying. And so we're going to be praying right over here. There's going to be a line that goes up down this aisle if it's needed. And we just want you to come over here and receive prayer today with myself, our prayer team. We're going to pray whatever it is that God's put on your heart as we sing this song for Jesus to be more in your life. Amen. Amen. Because today we're here. Let's actually step into it. Let's actually act like we believe this stuff. You know what I mean? That we believe that Jesus Jesus is victory. Jesus breaks the chains. Jesus is more. So we're here today to say that, but more than just say it, to believe it and to live it. So my friends, let's move. Let's ask him for more. Come get prayer. Let's worship. Let's respond to our heavenly father. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. God, this is your day. We believe there's always more to come. But Father, we pray right now. I pray chains are broken in this place. I pray, I pray that the things that are in life that are making the, the, the water muddy and murky and unclear, Father, would you pour yourself in right now? Would you overflow and saturate our lives in such a way that, Father, you would make us clean and holy and righteous before you, Father? May we go all in saying, Father, we are no longer okay with mediocrity. We are no longer okay with the status quo, but that, Father, we believe that you are life. And so, Father, we ask for more because we believe that, Father, you are the only place we can come right now. So we pray all this in your name. Amen. Would you stand with us and come? Let's pray together. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.